Hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. That's right, I said 98. We're getting really close to the big 100. And joined today with me, your host, Joe Bella, is Pete DiMeo. Hey, everybody. Are you excited? I'm pumped right now. What about the 98? You know, or about it, the subject that we're talking about? About the subject we're talking about. I've got a lot of opinions on that. But also 98, we're getting close. Ladies and gentlemen, the 100th edition AMA is mere weeks away. Exactly. And today, we can give you a world exclusive. We're going to give you the actual date that the AMA is going to be. This is big. This is it. And it also happens to coincide with my dad, Keith Frank Butler. His birthday is the same day. And that's just a pure coincidence. It's got nothing to do with it. But happy birthday, Dad. We are going to be doing the live AMA show on November 30th, 2018. Can we start by singing him happy birthday? On the show? Yeah. yeah, I think we should. We can, but there's no way he is going to watch it. Why? Because he's 85 years old. He has never owned a smartphone. He has never even looked at a computer. And the chances of him watching a live stream on YouTube and Facebook is negative 700 percent so call his neighbor <laughs> send them yeah. over <laughs> but yeah so that's where you'll, they'll send in questions either keith related or hotel marketing related and you are you answer. trying to keep us like on topic right? i am and, i'm trying and to make this tangible yeah I'm, I'm proud of you Pete. but i also want them to ask questions about your dad yeah so if you have any keith based questions yeah keith frank butler questions then you can do it so live show episode 100 november 30th we're looking at around 1.15 p.m. Eastern time is what we're looking at trying to do it. That might shift a little bit, but the date is set in stone. It is decided. And Pete is really excited because that number has two zeros at the end, and Pete always likes round mm. numbers. It's episode one. And <laughs> That's right. Also joining me today is Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. So your howdy ho was a little underemphasized today. Yes. Typically, it's very... Um, High and squeaky. Yeah, it's Julia Childs. It's uh, Mr. Mrs. Doubtfire. Sure. Right. We're, we're doing our Halloween thing this in in the next week or so. We are. Someone else is going to be Julia Childs. Are you mad about that? Mm, I'm okay with that. You, you are? You don't yeah, want I'm not really as... much of an actor type. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I can just be myself. I'm, I'm much better at that. Okay, you're dressing up as Melissa yes, Cameron for yes. Halloween? Yes, Very. It's very, very scary. Very creative. <laughs> and also joining us today, rounding out the, the Fuelgan Troop, is Bill Borisca. Hey, everybody. Missed you, buddy. You were you Yeah, I was couple. out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Glad to be back. Talking email. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good uh, segue and tease into the subject today. So, what we're going to be looking at today is our friends over at Revenate put out a 2018 benchmark study. So... Obviously, they ha they uh, have a few products. They have a uh, online reputation product, but that one of the products they're really trying to push recently is their email CRM platform. And you know, there's a lot of folks out there. We're not saying we particularly like there's any any different than anyone else's. We also have an email product that we'll probably talk about uh, towards the end of the show. But they they have a lot of data, and any anytime someone that has a lot of data likes to share their data, we're big fans of that. So this uh, 2018 benchmark study that they put out, uh, you can get it uh, on their website. We'll put a link it, to that in our show notes. So if you want to go download that to follow along, feel free to, or just once we've kind of dissected it, it's still worth going to download and looking at anyway, because I think you'll probably get some things out of it that we don't touch on today. But if you go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 98, we'll have a link to it right there. So it's, it's this is a Revenate study, their data. We're going to kind of break down some of the things we took from it and then, you know, analyze that and talk about email in general. Sound good? Sounds great. I like it. All right, but before we get into that, we didn't do it last week. Pete missed last week. I did. Pete, That's why we have to record this. We we couldn't do the news or reviews last week because you couldn't do the jingle. <laughs> but this week we can. So take it away. With what? With what? <laughs> With hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for news or reviews. I like it. I like how you kind of ad-libbed there at the, the beginning. Yeah, I like to change it up a little bit. Came back with some flair. <laughs> wow, you've got, you got a turntable in there. I did. That's amazing. So who has a newsaroo this week? I think Phil has a newsaroo. 
I do have a newsaroo. It sparked a little debate around here. This is a hot take right here. So um, a recent Merkle study came out. It was evaluating the digital market, marketing industry and particularly quarter three of 2018. And this report stating that 92% of U.S. organic search visits came from Google, which is a huge Say that again so my number. ears understand it. So 92% of all organic search visits came from Google in quarter three of 2018. And, and so it's important to delineate what they're saying here because they're not saying that search engine traffic. They're saying organic, right? Organic so visits. So that's not necessarily, you know, you got paid ads and, and you know, hotel ads and all that stuff. But organic traffic to websites, 92% came from Google is what they're saying. Exactly. I so, declare shenanigans. I know you do. Um, but being that this is probably the most cited digital marketing report that anyone uses for years and years and years, I, I am inclined to believe them. But M Melissa, right? You see our customer data. On, I do. On a daily basis. I do. And it does not jive with this number. Maybe 95 is a little bit high. 95 was, but 95 was mobile. And 92, which is not that over. far off, was was uh, overall. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, right? Because that, that means that Bing, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, any other crazy out there search engine only makes up 8% of organic traffic. So you really are in a point where all your eggs should be in the Google basket at this point. All your optimizations, because we, we know that what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? A lot of what you do on Google applies to, to Bing as well when yeah, you're no optimizing. One, no one right? really applies a Bing first marketing strategy right. when it comes to digital marketing. I hope not. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which it kind of makes sense. I mean, we've seen Google be the dominant force in organic search specifically forever. Um, their their percentage their percentage of search has been at least two thirds at, for at, decades, at, right? At very least, but yeah. this ninety two percent, Merkel's claiming that this is the highest we've seen it since I think Q two twenty fifteen. Yeah, um, that's, that's that's crazy enormous. high. That's such a mind, This is for all search. So I looked at organic. a couple all organic search. I looked at a couple of our hotels, and it seems like at least for these, I'm seeing around eighty six percent Google. Of, of the organics results, about 86% is coming from Google. Right. So what what I don't want people to do, though, is get distracted by this number. Yes, you should have, from an SEO perspective, you should have a Google-first approach, right? But again, what you do that's good for Google tends to be good for, for the rest. But when it comes to paid, you know, I, I don't think you should discount Bing especially. Definitely not. Because, again, this number is organic. With Bing, we're seeing certainly more than 8% of our exposure on ab on search advertising more than eight percent is coming from Bing. Definitely, right? Definitely. And and it's effective. Oftentimes, it can have a higher ROI than Google in in certain mm -hmm. scenarios. What this says to me mostly is, don't you dare give up on SEO. This is you know, you need to be you need to be playing the game or you're going to lose your rankings. All these people who are searching using Google. You know, it, you would you don't want to lose your rankings in Google because you'll be missing out on a lot of this traffic that people are you know they're using that platform to find you. But didn't you hear? SEO is dead. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear that? <sighs> Sorry, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good run at it though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and I, I, it's probably not the best time to say, but because you're in charge of our SEO team here. We're probably not going to need your services anymore. No, so, okay. you failed the internet. So, so when the, I get fired, you guys come contact me. I'll start my own SEO agency. <laughs> blow these guys out of the water when they stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's <laughs> fired. Rehired. Yeah. All right. So, but I, th I think the big thing to look at here is yes, ninety. If they're saying ninety-two percent is Google originated mm -hmm. traffic, it's all algorithm. So if you're doing the best job you can with your content, with your markup, with your just SEO strategy in general, if you focus on get Google where it needs to be, everything else is going to happen as well. And then from the paid side, keep looking at all of your opportunities because yes, Google's going to be the one that drives the most of it. But what we see more often than not is Google, I mean, Bing can be very effective. And if your competitors aren't there, you might be able to find an underserved market where you can get 
a great CPC and performance. One thing I definitely want to look into and see if this report touches on it at all is how much of this is a voice search and an answer box if they're including that in this organic visit. But they're saying visit. Right. So which would mean yeah, I guess to the, they're not, to they're the not site visiting itself. the site. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I don't know because people are using Siri especially, right? Because we're seeing that if you look at the keyword um, report in Google Webmaster Tools or Search Console now as it's called, there are a lot more conversational Definitely. keyword strings in we that. See, we that, see it in PPC clearly, search terms too. Clearly they're coming from voice, right? So I, I don't think it's... Not, not every voice search is coming from a, a non-displayed device like mm-hmm. an Echo, right? Some of them are coming from a mobile phone or an Echo Show or something like that where there is a screen. And you can visit a website. Mm-hmm. So. Solid point. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting, controversial one. We, we definitely had some hot debates in the office about that one. But it, it's, it's good. And, and I think, you know, for the savvy marketer, it's probably good news because what it will do is it will mean the lazy marketer will be like, ah, screw it. I don't need to worry about being anymore. And they're not going to spend, like to your point, Pete, they're not going to spend as much money advertising on being, which means the competition is lower, which means the CPC is going to be mm-hmm. lower, which means you absolutely should be playing in that playground right now. So takeaway from Google dominating search, organic search is go advertise on Bing, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I definitely don't give up on Bing. I mean, we see great performance, especially in the hotel space on, on Bing. Yep. Do we have any more newsaroos? We've got one potentially more newsaroo. Potentially? Let's, let's go for it's it. It's potential news. It's from Skift. And it is talking about Marriott's new reservation system, that it could be its secret weapon in direct booking wars. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. It's not a secret anymore. With cats out of the bag now. Yeah, they, when you tell people about it, it's no longer a secret. But it, it's good clickbait. So do you want to elaborate on that? So, yes, I will elaborate that um, Marriott has announced that in all of its transition of acquiring Starwood, they're rolling out a whole new booking engine, which a big part of it is going to be, you know, migrating all the Starwood people into the loyalty program, blah, 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 blah. That's not secret nor groundbreaking. But what is, is that when people book a room, they're going to be able to choose their individual room. Yeah, and, and other attributes, right? So yes. not just the, the specific room number, but the floor they're on, the view they have. Like, there's a lot of attributes. Attributes, yes. And and more importantly, Marriott's going to be able to monetize this, right? To give you that that convenience of choice. It's a convenience fee. They're going to they're gonna be like able to charge for airlines, this. if you want to have right. one seat, it's going to cost you more. If you want right. to have oxygen, you have to pay for that. <laughs> right. So we've been experimenting with this with our booking engine software, with Guest Desk, with a couple of our clients where, you know, people because it's interesting people want different things different people want different things so for example some of your guests may want a low floor because you know maybe there's a disability or they just safety concerns about evacuation whatever and then some people might want a high room because they want to be away from the lobby and the noise and things like that or a view better view right or view so that there's different reasons and different people are going to want different choices so you can really monetize different attributes within your property to different people if right. you give them the choice now you got to be careful not to um to overwhelm them and you got to be making sure that every time you give someone a choice that there's, there's a value to that choice but I, I think if you if you're in a situation where you still have a booking engine that is just here's the generic room you that's it i think you need to start looking and saying okay what can we do to monetize because in in a economy now where we're really pressed to drive ADR what better way to do that than to give people more value for more price but that they're going to appreciate more right I would gladly pay an extra five ten twenty dollars to make choices that are more convenient Mm -hmm, to me right more preferable to me absolutely but the fact that Marriott's doing this, you know, Hilton already has been giving yep. people the option to choose a room for a long time if you're a member of the loyalty program. Um, this is the direction we're going. And, and I think independent hotels, which is what our primary audience is, they have to get on that boat. In, in a lot of the old, especially if you're using a, a, a booking engine that the PMS created, they just don't cut it anymore. They don't have that kind of flexibility. You've got to go out there and find a, a technology that is cutting edge and um, 
I don't know if I know any of those really. Oh, there's a really good one called Guest Desk. That I heard about that. Oh. Yeah, you could go look at that because because it, it does those kind of things. <laughs> Pete, are you happy? We did two newsaroos. That's plural. I'm happy about it's that. It's not a newsaroo. I didn't have to do a new song or anything. That's great. All right, so that's it for the newsaroos. Let's jump into our topic. We're talking about the email benchmark study 2018 that uh, our friends at Revenate put out. Again, link in the show notes, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 98. Melissa, what'd, yes. you, le- what'd you learn? Email's pretty cool. That's, that's it about it now pete where would you rate email out of all the things that a hotel can do to market itself where would you rank it oh man we need to go back to episode whatever that was like three maybe something like that i would put it right there at the top (laughs) only because of the amazing roi that you can expect on it and that it's probably going to be people who know about your property and have been guests at your property so focus on your email and their quality right assuming that you've built your list organically and you didn't build it through giving away weird prizes that have no relevance to your property right. whatsoever. It's the original remarketing. Yeah. Or you haven't bought your list from oh gosh, some don't do that. third oh party. Right? If you have an organic list, primarily made up of past guests or people that have shown a heavy interest in your property, email still is the number one thing you can do. If you do it correctly, it's the number one thing you mm-hmm. can do to drive business today. Can I business. give the stat of the week? Yeah, we need a jingle, Pete. Oh, no. Melissa, it's you came up with... the stat of the week. The stat of the week. Stat of the week. You got to do it three times to be like oh. a blankety blank. Blankety blank. Yeah. Call back. You guys missed this last week. So what's I listened. The, what's the stat? The stat is that 55% of consumers prefer to get permission-based promotional messages from hospitality brands versus email, direct mail, text, phone, or social media. 55%. Yeah. It's about half. That's about I mean, To be fair. It's a majority. Yeah, but it's a marginal majority. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, th- I think what that, what that tells me is everyone's kind of meh eh. about <laughs> all messaging from properties. And it's less about the medium and the channel than it is about the message and the value. You know? For me, I just like that they get pushed into the promotional folder <laughs> of my inbox. And I can go <laughs> check them all when I want to. I, I do not have my promotional folder turned on. But that, I mean, you as a hotelier that markets to people have to be aware that that is, that is a real is challenge reality. today, you know? You, a lot of times you're going to end up in that folder of, I mean, it's it's the pit of despair. You, you don't get seen a lot of times. Unless, unless people want to see you and choose mm-hmm. not to put you in the pro- promotional folder or they are very active in that promotional folder and really <laughs> yeah. want to, mm-hmm. could, which some people are i mean some people are like the couponers the yeah the clippers they they're gonna look in it but I, well, I, overall we've seen a decrease in open rates over yes, the last couple absolutely. of years across the industry and and i would say you know talking to our sister um sister company who works a lot with e-commerce clients they've seen the same thing you know the email service providers have gotten more sophisticated at preventing spam, you could call it, but really promotional emails from getting in front of people. As the Un- user, unwanted. I really like yeah. that. I mean, it just as the as me and my personal mm-hmm. inbox, I really do enjoy that. As the marketer, you know, the marketer side of me is like, right. ah, come on, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, it almost becomes like Twitter from a promotional inbox perspective, where a one and done email this month and you do it again next month is not really going to cut it anymore because you know just like twitter if you want to be seen you have to make sure that you appear in that feed mm-hmm. and if someone let's say they're using gmail they go look at their promotions folder they're only going to see the first couple of messages let's say it's first 25 messages you kind of need to make sure that you have that frequency built where you're constantly showing up there yeah but that frequency has to be done in a in a way that's valuable right well, yeah if you have you nothing to just say be spamming the same deal three times a week yeah because that's the mistake people make and then they become less relevant and one of the things i don't think a lot of people realize is that a lot of the email service providers now they will kind of even though you're sending all the emails at once or maybe you're kind of throttling it so only a certain number get through at a time but a lot of the email service providers will throttle the emails as they come in and they'll only deliver to a certain percentage of so say you're sending to a hundred thousand people and ten thousand of them are gmail Mm-hmm. Well, Gmail might not necessarily deliver all 10,000 straight to the inbox straight away. They might wait to see how the first 10% of those engage with the message. And if they engage, 
they're more likely to get in in, in the mm-hmm. inbox for everyone. If they don't engage, they're less likely. So the quality of your emails is really, really important if you want to be successful now because the visibility of emails is going to depend totally on how much people engage with mm-hmm. it. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize that today. And that's why they kind of still do this um, reactive, oh, I'm, I'm, I have a low inventory or I have a lot of inventory this weekend. Let's just dump out a deal. You know, mm-hmm. that that approach does no, no longer works with email. So do we want to get into the study and start talking about some of the data? Let's start talking about the data, some of it. So first, we'll talk about why email is so effective. And one of the primary reasons is because it's so measurable. There's nothing about email that you can't measure. You can see the open rate. You can see the click-through rate. You can see the booking conversion rate. And you can see the revenue. Hopefully, if all your analytics are set up correctly, that's a topic for another day. (laughs) That's thing number one. Thing number two is that it's data-driven. And if your email platform is integrated with your PMS, you have just a bottomless pit of data you have at your disposal to segment and drive really pertinent, relevant messages. Yeah, and that I, I think that piece of it is getting even more sophisticated. Yeah. And we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about our new email platform at the end of the show, but it's gone beyond just pulling demographic data and attribute data from the PMS and, and the consumer's persona, but it's now behavioral data. You can now leverage the behavioral data, what people are doing on your website, what they're looking at, how frequently they're coming, where they came from, and applying that into the data model. And then using that Mm -hmm. to target specific people as well. And then there's the high ROI, which we've already touched on. But according to the study, more than half of consumers are getting an ROI of at least 10x or more. Which I was a little surprised at that, honestly, with Revenate. Like, I'm surprised it's only about half are getting 10 to 1. Yeah, I was surprised at that, too. I don't know a client that we have that doesn't get a 10 to 1 return on email. It makes me wonder what they're putting into the cost of the email. Right. Because we're not seeing that anywhere else. Are these, like, paid lists, or do they have a very high cost to use the platform? I don't know. I could be wrong here. We've got a couple of clients that use Revenate, but I want to say it's about, it's around 1000 bucks to 1500 a month per property it's is what they charge i don't know if there's a cpm on top of that at, mm-hmm. you know at revenue if you're listening reach out and let us know but i think it's about a thousand bucks a month so depending on the property size you know depending on the database size and what yeah. the content mm-hmm. is i could probably be. see that that's true because you know? Because in this, the report that they have, they have the average list size by region. And in North America, they say that the average list size is 33,000. Yeah. Which is pretty high for an individual hotel property. Well, it depends, right? If you're, if you're a resort destination, yeah. I, you know, two, 300 units, mm-hmm. I, you know. Yeah, but got, I, like, we have a ton of clients who are kind of mid-sized properties. Yeah. And they'll have anywhere between... Fifteen and twenty thousand in the database. Yeah, but then we've also got some that are one hundred and fifty thousand. You know, so I, I think it's a spectrum. Yeah, but I, I guess thirty thousand ish is is a good mean average if we looked at our clients mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, so so say say a thousand dollars is the cost arbitrarily a month um, per month to, to only generate ten thousand dollars a month. I, I think that seems low to me. I feel like there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to create a lot more than that from a yeah. thirty thousand personal list well and, and that's why that kind of takes you to the next kind of area of the report that they cover which is segmentation because if you're spending your money hitting the full database and you're not focusing on who needs to get what message then you are going to be spending too much in the creative in the delivery and everything else you know so i think you, you can help improve that roi by making sure the message that you send makes sense to the customer when they get them Right, not a spray and pray mentality where you're just hitting everyone with a generic message all the time. Yeah, I think there's a time for that, right? I think if it's it's newsworthy, remarkable enough stuff going on, you just renovated. There's some major event going on. You're you're pushing out some kind of campaign right now, mm-hmm. like it's your Black Friday campaign. I think there's a time to to do that, right? But the majority of messages you should be sending should be more triggered kind of stuff, personalized to to smaller niche segments mm-hmm. within your database throughout the year and it's a constant trickle versus this kind of blast mentality yeah. that a lot of people are used to it's like when you're you mentioned to pete an event in your area say you have a concert in town you maybe stick to the people who are you know driving within an hour or two hours from your property that, that type of thing might be the segment for 
you know, maybe a weekend concert. Yeah, or, or maybe if it's a, a annual concert, you right. look at who booked the previous year uh, and you start hitting them up 30 days or 60 days prior to that concert the next day. I think that's effective. I do want to talk about some of the stats that came out of the segment part of the study. Of course and, you do. Because, uh, you know, I have to. Do you like data or something? I, I have a thing for data. So it says that segmented emails had a 20% higher open rate, and I really want to talk about that for a minute because I call shenanigans on that stat. Not that it's not true, but that it's a vanity metric because you just cut your database size by 80%. Yeah, I hope you have a higher open rate. Right. That, that, true. That, I think that's one of the risks in email when you're lo looking at certain data. And it's tough to look at a single data point and make an inference from it. And, and open rate is exactly one of those, right? Especially when you segment. Exactly. Because if you have a 30,000 person list there's going to be groups of people that are more or less qualified than each other right exactly. the, the first 10,000 are more qualified than the last 10,000 so if you cut out that last 10,000 automatically your open mm -hmm. rate is going to go up exactly just naturally so so I agree 100% with what you're saying Melissa I, I think it is important to recognize that segmentation is important but I think to just arbitrarily say open rate goes up 20% when you segment yeah, as a just, unilateral yeah. statement, yeah. I don't think is that meaningful. And, and I'll go back to, it's actually a discussion we've had on the podcast in the past with email segmentation, where it's a great idea. Everyone loves it. Everyone does it. But at the end of the day, a lot of times a hotel will say, like you said, Stuart, I'll for, and Melissa, I'll forego my 30% open rate. If I send to the full list and I make, ten thousand dollars more than i would have otherwise yeah you're gonna do it that's the risk with email right and and it it's that old age old battle between instant gratification versus deferred gratification mm -hmm. so and i see a lot of people make this mistake because yes if you hit the whole list today you're going to make more money today but what's going to happen over time is if you hit mm -hmm. that whole list the open rate is going to be a lower Email service providers are going to see the engagement is lower. So the next email you send is going to get vis get viewed by fewer people that were qualified mm -hmm. previously. So over time, what you do is you erode the quality of the list, the visibility of the list, and the effectiveness of the list. So you can make an extra $10,000 today, but over the course of the next two years, by doing that, you may lose $20,000 mm -hmm. in potential revenue from from doing it so you've really really gotta try to be and it's really difficult because to 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 really be able to measure and see this visibly is is tough it's really right? hard because it's hypothetical and you can't really go back retroactively no. and, and see you can't it, a -B you know, test right? it right it's not you can't so but you just gotta you gotta be disciplined you gotta apply logic to this and say and understand all the parts of the ecosystem and say, if I get this extra $10,000 today, there's a good chance more than likely that it's going to cost me more than that in the future. And that mm -hmm. that's, it's hard. It's really, yes. really hard. And a lot of people don't make the right choice in my opinion. All right. Let's talk about general sort of one-off campaigns versus automated campaigns. And we're talking about automated. This could be transactional like, a confirmation email or it could be non-transactional like hey your birthday's coming up or hey we missed you come on back those type of automated campaigns so according to the study uh, we had a open rate for one-time campaigns at 17% while automated pre-arrival messages averaged 62% so not really surprising. Yeah. I mean, there's just there, I don't think there's any news there. People are going to open up their right. pre-arrival messages. Well, they say that that non-transactional message, somewhat automated, a birthday or uh, we miss you. Those are upper to mid twenty percent. So yes. that's a little closer so, to that seventeen percent. Yes. Yeah. And and you feel like from looking at our clients, that's about right, right? Seventeen yeah. percent seems like a fair open rate. Yeah, I went and checked a couple of our clients, and they're in that range. It's between fifteen to twenty. Five yeah. it is typically what we see, I think, for email blasts. Mm -hmm. Depending on the quality of the list, depending on how, how much hygiene they give to the list. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. our clients, we recommend 
purging people that haven't opened or engaged in a certain amount of time, whether that's you know 12 months, 24 months, whatever. Mm-hmm. We, we try to clean the list quite frequently. So we tend to, that tends to help the open rate. But I think 17%, if you're sending emails frequently and you're getting a 17% open rate in the hotel industry, I I think that's decent. I wouldn't be overly concerned with that. And then, you know, probably a click-through rate from that of around 5%, give or take 4 or 5%, I think is probably fair. Um, But the transactional stuff, the pre-arrival in the 60s is high. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they didn't talk about confirmations. I'm not surprised because they, I don't think they triggered confirmations. I think mm. they leave that to the booking engine. We're, we're in a fortunate position, right? Because we have a booking engine technology. We have an eCRM product. And so we get to see the, the full view of everything. The confirmation number open rate is even higher than that. It's in the it's 80s. Gotta, I was going to say yeah. it's got to be close to 90. Yeah, it's in the high sense. 80s. So think about that as, as a marketer, right? A lot of people dismiss the pre-arrival message, the the confirmation message, as just a necessary part of the booking process. And they lose the opportunity to send new information to that guest, that guest that is already booked, already paid to come stay with you. Mm -hmm. That is the perfect opportunity to upsell, cross-sell, promote, do the things you need to prime them to spend more money. And you you will never get a better open rate than once somebody just spent hundreds or thousands of dollars with you because right. whatever that email is it's probably going to be relative it's going to be definitely very relevant to them but they're also going to perceive it as being very important if you sent right. them a message right. with information about their stay they're going to open it right so for example right another product we have is a, is a mobile app for hotels so when we promote that in a regular email blast that's getting 17 percent, it's going to get an okay response but when we promote that in the confirmation email and the pre-arrival email, the adoption rate on that with a link directly to open the app or install the app, the adoption of that is phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? really, really high. So don't don't lose that opportunity of getting the eyeballs of the guest, getting the attention of the guest. As mm-hmm. a marketer, think about what's most important to you. What do you really want the guest to do once they've booked? Those two emails, that, that and you can send multiple pre-arrivals depending on how long that window is between booking and stay, but the confirmation and the pre-arrival messages are the biggest opportunity you have to, to sell something else to that guest. Well, I mean, you touched on it, Stuart. I know Pete touched on it, um, the upsell. I mean, th- this study, Revenant, gives you a little nugget of information here that the highest open rates for pre-arrival had room upgrade in the subject line. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, your, there's your classic upsell right yeah. there. And yeah. I, I would say also take a look at episode 59 of the podcast in the notes that are in there. Because what we did is we actually looked at what's called Smarter Hotel Email Marketing Automation, and we laid out all of those triggered sins from your welcome message all the way to your OTA and booking anniversary messages. That's and a great shameless plug, Pete. Well, I like to tie everything back in together. Yeah, that's good. Internal linking via podcast? <coughs> yes. <Sorry. laughs> it's a voice link. It counts. Podcast optimization yeah. strategy. But anyway they may make fun of me but it's a good article I, w- I would check it out and read it hey I believe Pete yeah. put the notes together for that article I don't know, the, I don't know if it was Einstein or Asimov or DeMeo but someone put some great notes together um, but, but in here for our pre-arrivals we had looked at the, our clients at the time and we saw about a 71% open rate of those pre-arrival messages yeah yeah hey that means our pre-arrivals outperform Revenate's pre-arrivals they do Oh, there you about that. And again, confirmation do even better. So mm-hmm. you've got to get the right message there. Shots yep. fired. <laughs> so I don't want to pick a fight with Revenate. They, they do a good job. They do a bang up job. So speaking of upsells and upgrades, let's talk about what people are upselling and upgrading to. 98% of upsell revenue was made through pre-arrival campaigns and breakfast seems to drive the majority of upsell revenue. People like to eat. People do like to eat and they actually need to eat. So, so, so here's the thing that I have problem I have with that stat. If you sent a confirmation email, you sent a room upgrade email, and then you sent a pre-arrival email, you're not going to have a 98% upsell opportunity for just a pre-arrival email. Spread that out. Don't wait till the person is going to be arriving in 24 hours to upgrade their room. Do that in the confirmation email. Do it again. 
30 days down the road. Yeah. Spread that out. It's a and, drip for sure. Right. Keep working on that customer, giving them value, and then asking them to upgrade their stay. Right. People are always, 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 always willing to spend a little more money for more perceived mm-hmm. value. And that, in the in the case of a room upgrade, <clears throat> there's value. Yeah. And we, we've said this before on the show, but once someone spent that $2,000 on their vacation, that money's spent. So to, to put in front of them something else that says spend an extra $50 a night or whatever it is, it's a much lower barrier to entry at mm-hmm. that point. Their purse strings are already looser because they've already spent the majority of the money. So the upgrade option is great. And, and not only does that make their experience better, they're willing to spend more money to improve their experience. Then they have a better experience, which leads to better reviews, which leads to better you know, ADR because now you've got a better reputation. But also, you're freeing up lower-valued inventory, which is easier to sell in the future. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you do that, the yeah. sooner that lower-valued inventory comes back on the market and you can sell it again. So yeah. it's it's really... Win, 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 win. Yeah. And that's my concern board. with that stat. 98% upsell revenue through pre-arrival. That's only because you haven't sold that already. I would, yeah. I would hope that your pre-arrival will be a lot lower. Right. And pre-arrival can, you again, you can send multiple pre-arrivals. Right. Because the, per, well, the person is in a different mindset once they book. That, that, that honeymoon period between when they book and when they stay is, is a magical period where you have a contract with that person. They're anticipating... They've already spent the money. You can mm-hmm. do a lot of marketing that a lot of people just completely missed that that period of the consumer journey. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the best opportunity you have to, to put other things in their face that not just are going to make you more money, but again, are going to enhance their experience, mm-hmm. make them have a more enjoyable time when they come stay with you guys. I heard a really good quote from a kind of like real estate expert when they said, every buyer is also a settler in that they're settling for something on the, the home that they're about to buy. Mm-hmm. So they may not be getting the biggest living room they want. They may not have the biggest yard that they want. And I think the same is true from a hotel perspective of your guests. They're settling for the room that they can afford when they book it. The difference is, is from a hotel's perspective, you can move them to a different room. So they may settle for your Angle Ocean front. But if you tell them two weeks later, hey, 20 bucks and your vacation's gonna be better and you don't have to settle, you can get the oceanfront room. Well, I'm not gonna risk the, all the money I spend on the vacation over 20 bucks. You know, I'll, I'll right. pay it. So don't, I mean, just because your guest is a settler at the beginning, move them up to where they envision themselves from an aspirational perspective. Or don't you wanna try the spa? Or don't you want to, Phil? It'll don't, be nice. you, don't you wanna play around a golf? <laughs> I know I do. All right. I think Next we all agree. thing they're talking about is when to send these emails. So obviously different types of campaigns generate different booking windows, but so they're saying newsletters are evenly distributed amongst most windows. So your newsletter isn't, isn't getting a real very long booking window, a very short booking window. It's, it's pretty average most of the time. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's kind of, I, I don't know what they're really trying to infer from that information because people that are sending blast emails are sending them throughout the year and the distribution of when people book is going to be different, different, right? It's going to average out. I I wonder if a lot of this is more correlation versus actual causation. Agreed. 100%. So with the blast especially, right? Because you're going to be sending sometimes, you know, you're going to be sending promotions for certain times, but a lot of times the emails I see aren't always, you know, this come stay this weekend. And, you know, so it's, it's really just, Hey, we're now running a thirty percent off discount, or whatever it is, and people are going to book at their normal cadence at that point. Well, their, so. their next point very much is that. So, birthday messages, forty-eight percent of those were zero to six days out. Right. It it would be interesting to correlate that to the the deal, right? So, if mm-hmm. I send Pete a birthday message and say you get twenty percent off because you just turned fifty-four or whatever, you just turned <laughs> Pete. forty-one. <laughs> you just turned fifty-four, Pete. In my mind, you got gray hair to prove it. I do. Um, you're probably going to limit the the time that that's valid, right? Right, exactly. So I think that kind of skews the those booking window. The, the booking mm-hmm. window on those. I agree. Yeah, I don't agree in the fact that if that's the case, you have over half of the bookings from that email take place greater than six days out. That doesn't match the click stats whatsoever of when people are actually interacting with the message. Mm-hmm. They interact with the message within. 
It's the, thirty six to twenty four. It's the hours. booking window, though. It's not when they book, is it? Is it? The, they're saying that. No, that's the booking window. So that's the con- when they're staying. Right. What they if they could book a week after they receive the email, and they're going to stay within six days after they book. Okay, I got you. I was seeing it as being they get the email and then and they're, they're booking bo- within six they're book- days. Yeah, because that yeah. means they're booking greater than six days. After they, receiving that email. might be what they're saying. I didn't read it that way. No, it's they're specifically talking about the booking window, like so the, date the, of stay. the gap between yes. when they book and when they're actually going to check mm-hmm. in. Yes, the booking window. I think you look at your PMS data and who your guest is and where your property is, and that will help you. Yeah. Decide where that and they is. they have you know uh, they have a, a wide range of types of property you know with, with us at fuel we, we tend to be more independent properties resort destinations um, we, we've obviously all seen that booking window has shrunk over the years I think zero to six days certain times of the year is, is pretty popular but for peak times obviously the the window is, is a little longer than that but certainly email is a trigger to someone choosing to book and when you can give them a reason you know even if they weren't in in the market to book right now so it's it's pete's 54th birthday because of his gray hair he was talking to his wife about what should we do in a week before his birthday he gets an email saying hey for your birthday weekend come stay at the property that's in a you know and it's targeted and you're within drive market and it's a good deal you might be like hey let's do that so that's I, to me. That's why it skews that zero so you to six. Should be sending the birthday email to the spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Hey, surprise Pete on his fifty fourth birthday. <laughs> You're killing him, Evan. <laughs> I may have to take back what I just said. Now I'm confused about what that stats See, are. See, for an old fifty four year old, I think I was right. <laughs> you might be. I you don't see now. In one thing, it's talking about it. Literally says booking windows in blah 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 blah. But then the stats, uh, the heading of the stats, percent of bookings based on days from campaign sent. Yes, I, I'm okay. pretty sure that I'm right. That that's all right, Pete. We take it all back. Yeah. You might be 54, but you are. You still have I'm a mental sharp faculties. 54 year old. So mm. so again, let's backtrack all of that. It makes sense, right? That people are going to book within a close proximity to the email that's mm-hmm. being sent. This is true. Mm. Because you're probably sending a birthday message close to your birthday. Yeah, but mm. whenever you get an email, you're, you're probably not going to go back to an email 30 days after you receive the email to click on a link because it's now buried in the mm-hmm. garbage in your inbox. Well, th- that was my actually issue with those numbers is we don't see that on our end. We see 95% of the click act- activity takes place within 48 hours of the send. Right. I mean, but that's it, the click. That's not the book. Also correct. Yeah, that's true. So you could have that campaign ID on the, the site for a while. Right. And this is a 30-day look back. <clears throat> yeah. So Pete gets his 54th birthday email, puts the property now top of mind. He goes, talks to his wife and says, hey, did you have a surprise for me? She says, no, because I don't love you that much. <laughs> but if you want to go stay at this hotel... We can certainly do it. So Pete goes back to the email, clicks on it again within six days, and makes a booking. It doesn't matter when that booking is. I don't get an email on my jitterbug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. You're funny, Pete. So, anyway. All right. Speaking of mobile. Yeah. Or do we want to jump there yet? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm sorry. So their, their stats are saying that 33% of email open is on a phone. I thought that stat was low. low. I thought it was crazy low. Yeah. Which is why I'm confused by the next stat, which says 35% is opened on a webmail client. Like a Gmail or something like that. But couldn't that also be on a phone? Yeah, I don't know if that's... Typically, that would be differentiated because I don't know that a lot of people use a webmail, like a browser-based email on their phone. Typically, you use an app, and that's going to be recorded differently. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's probably some open. But then, what's know. the difference between that and a desktop client? Like Outlook. Okay. Which yeah. a lot of people at work still use Outlook. I I still feel like, from the data we see, it is ridiculously low. Mobile mm-hmm. is really low. Like to me, I think it, it's over fifty percent is on mobile now for for a lot of our clients who, who open emails. So. You know what? what? If you have over fifty percent of the people reading emails. On mobile, that means a hundred percent of the people who click on that email are going to be visiting the site on a mobile device. That's correct. 
So you want to make sure you have that mobile first mentality. What? Well, on what? Both your email this is, and your website. This is brand new information. It is. <laughs> yes. Your website should be mobile optimized? It should be. Not even mobile optimized. It should be mobile first. It should be. Wow. If only we'd ever done episodes about that in the past on this podcast. <laughs> if only. Oh. Right, next, next episode of Beating the Dead Horse. <laughs> uh, next, we're talking about ROI. So, 50 Speaking per- of beating 50, a dead horse, yeah, exactly. so we're going to beat it again. 55% of marketers saw an ROI of 10x or more from email marketing. Also, 46% means they saw less than That's, 10 to 1. That was my little input. I yeah. mean, the stat was that the 55%, but I was like, wait a minute, that means yeah, a lot of people. Less than 10. It yeah. actually means 45%. We talked about this at the start of the show, right? Than, which oh, is, yeah. All right, let's change that. I, I think, the, the yeah, it was weird that 45 plus 56 or 50. I can't math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're in charge of our data no. team or anything like that. I don't have that many fingers. I think the takeaway is, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, email has a very very good ROI better than anything else if it's done correctly mm-hmm. you know if you're A-B testing subjects if you're if you're segmenting if your content isn't just deal driven if you're not chasing instant gratification but you're coming up with a strategy one of the biggest mistakes I see is people are um, they're, they're not proactive right they're reactive they, they wait until they have a soft spot and then they try to send an email too late to, mm-hmm. to fill up that gap what you need to do is really sit down at the beginning of the year and say, where in the last couple of years have our soft spots been? And come up with campaigns that are going to drive business for those. And that's where your discounts are. And that should be the cornerstone of your of your email strategy throughout the year. But make sure every email you send has value to everyone that is receiving it. So when you're doing a spray and pray mentality, just sending a discount for one time of the year is not helpful. So put in events, put in information, put in um, bios of the staff, put in the renovations you just did, put in features of the amenities you have. Really try to make that um, content something that people want to read and look forward to and try to be consistent with the cadence of your emails so that it's something people look forward to rather than just stumble upon maybe once in a blue moon when they look at their uh, promotions folder in their Gmail account. I'd like to give a tip that will make this episode more than worthwhile for people to listen to. This is already worthwhile. It's already worthwhile, but we're going to take it to the next level. More than worthwhile. Right. So one of the best ways to improve the ROI on your email list is by adding more very qualified users to your list. So you're hitting a bigger audience, right? What? This is true because if you're playing the same rate for, you know, Revenate or whatever system you're using, getting more qualified people is only going to help. And we did this test with one of our clients. And what we did was promoted it via social. So in this case, this client has around a 15,000 fan base uh, Facebook page saying, click here, tell us why you deserve a vacation and what you like about this property. And we give away a vacation once a month. And they have to give an email address. They have to give an email address. And they have to give a testimonial. Mm -hmm. So in this case, this one promotion netted over 2,000 new email addresses from Facebook. They would not have gotten these emails otherwise. But they also have 2,000 or more than 2,000 very qualified users and great testimonials. And they're stories that you would not have gotten otherwise. I want a vacation because, you know, my husband got laid off and our best memories are going to this property and staying here and doing these activities. So they have all these testimonials that they can use on their website. They have new email addresses of people you know are following on social, engaged and active and want to come back. And their emails have not only performed better, they've got a larger email database to hit as well. So do that. And if you don't know how to do that, email Pete. I'll tell you how. Yeah. I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yes. Become for a no fuel, charge. No, no, no become a fuel client and we'll do it for you. There you go. That's true. No, that's good. I mean, and again, it, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. It's about quality of the database. It's not about quantity. Don't, mm-hmm. don't get hung up on, like Melissa said, vanity metrics. Too many people are worried about how big their database size is. 
And so they focus on giveaways that are going to maximize the, the number of emails they get, not necessarily that they're qualified emails, people that actually care about your property or are willing to stay at your property or have an interest in your property. So really try to avoid the, you know, giving away some like an iPad or something like that and really yeah. focus on those that are, hey, if you ever stayed at this property before, give us a testimonial or tell us why you want to stay at this property like pete said that's the kind of stuff that gets that starts building a relationship with someone and makes Mm -hmm. them um somehow tied to your brand and more likely when the emails start coming to them make them more likely to open so yeah there you have it so is that it is that the takeaways from the revenate study yeah so nothing really shocking there right nothing shocking i don't think there was anything that the we read in there it was like holy cow that's amazing I, yeah um but it, but it's, it's solid it's a good reinforcement of what what we already know right email is effective if it's done right you know the pre-arrivals and confirmation emails are really good opportunity to cross sell people want to spend money with you when when there's value there like room upgrades For, we didn't really hit on it you mentioned it but we didn't really nail like nail down the fact that um breakfast the food is critically like mm-hmm, people yeah. really love that thing. So whether it's a bundle package at booking or whether it's, you know, a value add after the after the fact and getting more revenue. People really do people need really to eat. like that. And as a someone that travels with kids, I look at that as a savings, right? Because if I'm not eating on property, then I'm going out to a restaurant and I spend a lot more money typically than I would on property. Mm-hmm. So if they offer a good breakfast, that's that's a good differentiator for me and a good I appreciate the value that that provides to me. So, yeah. So if you want to get a link to the study that Revenate did, this benchmark study, again, fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 98. So I think it would be remiss of us because we're getting ready to, to embark on a new era, as it were, with fuel, right? And we don't do this very often on, on the podcast, but I want to do a complete shameless plug. Because we're getting ready. We talked about email and how great it is. And Fuel's had an email product for a long time called Fuel Mail. We have been spending a lot of time. Our developers put a lot of energy into really revamping this product. We partnered with, we went and found a delivery partner and, and someone that has a lot of experience in artificial intelligence in the e-commerce space. Uh, it's a company called BlueShift. So we've partnered with them and we are getting ready to release in November a brand new version of Fuel Mail, which is going to be state of the art and, and we're really, really excited about it. So before we end the show, I just wanted to touch on some highlights of some of the features that we're going to include. So it's a it's a new email CRM product, but it's beyond that. It's also a, a SMS product, so it's consent text. It's also a push notification product, so it's really a, a full Melissa will hate me for saying this, but it's an an omni-channel communication tool specifically built for the hotel industry. And it's got some really cool, unique features that I don't think I've really seen anywhere else. So let's touch on some of those features, shall we? We have intelligent profiling. What is that about? What does that mean? According to your notes, the system <laughs> it says that the system combines everything from message engagement, website behavior, and PMS profile information for a single customer view of each guest. Right. So that's impressive. The intelligent profiling basically means that we're no longer just reliant on one-dimensional data. So, you know, that Pete stayed with us, and and this was what the room he stayed at, and he is fifty-four years old, and that. <laughs> He's I'm a male. Still 53. And stuff like okay. <laughs> it also takes into account what we talked about before behavioral data. So now you can drop pixels on your website and the behavior, you can observe the behavior that people have. And when they hit certain parts of your website, you can push that data back into the profile and, and create this really complex three dimensional data model of the guest and really start to use that through the machine learning, which we'll talk about in a sec to really target people in a, in a more sophisticated way than ever before. So that is really cool, intelligent profiling. That is very cool. What else do we have? Intelligent segmentation. So this mm-hmm. is kind of touching on what you just mentioned. Um, machine learning combined with our expertise and knowledge from years of doing email. It, it uh, combines forces between us and machine learning, providing automatic segmentation and, and some pretty good recommendations. Right, so one of the challenges that 
people have when we start talking about segmenting is well, what what should the segment be right. right what what should i do so we use data we use predictive analytics we use machine learning to look at patterns that have occurred in the past and what has happened once we recognize those patterns like is this person more likely to book is this person more likely to book this type of room or this type of package and we can apply that to future predictions to say okay this is how we want to group these people that melissa and pete look similar because they're both 54 years old <laughs> and that they have exhibited similar behavior and stuff like that so it takes the guesswork out of it it does it for you it makes recommendations on how you should segment your database makes it makes your life easier as a marketer mm -hmm. and being having the profiling having the segmentation kind of can lead to kind of the next thing that we call intelligent targeting is actually hitting those people with the exact right message when it is the right time you know so setting up those drip campaigns so that you know this person visits every year this person has now been to the website six times and visited the booking engine but has not booked this is the perfect message to send to this person, targeting them and then hitting them with that one-to-one -one type message, yeah. which in, in the past has been cumbersome to say the at the best right. case. It's very manual, Impossible right? yeah. in many other cases. Right, so so one of the things that the new system does, and we're, we're using a lot of artificial intelligence in this product, but one of the things that I'm most excited about is how it can it can create data models based on what we've already talked about, right? The, the, the profiling and the segmentation. And it, it can use uh, predictive analytics to say, this is the sentiment of this person. This is the propensity that this person is gonna book in the next 24 hours or 48 hours. Again, based on historical data is predicting. And then it can tell you, okay, Pete, this 54 year old is very likely to book. He's been to the accommodations page three times in the last week. He's, he's gone all the way to the end, the checkout page in, in the last two days. We really need to hit him up again with an email triggered automatically without me having to touch anything within the system is automatically going to send mm -hmm. Pete a nudge to try to get him to book. Yep. Just based on what we've observed in the past. So it's, it's basically letting your data do everything for you. You don't have to manually do anything. It's amazing. Great. Yeah. I'm really excited. I feel like we're in the future with this technology. Yeah. It's really cool. All right. What's the next thing? We've got predictive engage time optimization and channel of choice right so we we kind of touched on this earlier right which is best time of day or when should we send sure. or stuff like that or how should i send so like i said before this isn't just an email platform it's also an sms platform and it's a push notification platform so this software based on your individual historical interaction with the messaging we've sent is going to predict what's the best time of day to send to you as an individual and which channel that you're more that likely to engage with, right? Mind. So if Pete, Pete prefers to engage with emails at six o'clock, but Melissa prefers to receive SMSs at five o'clock, the system's gonna recognize that and it's gonna automatically curate the, the or, or send the content to you at those times on those channels. Because it also integrates with Facebook and Google ads. I mean, that's, my yeah. mind is just, yeah, so we got this it's data modeling, right? And so I look over at Phil and he's like, man, all this data is really cool, but it's only being used for our email platform. It would be really, really cool if I could leverage this same data intelligence and syndicate it out to my other advertising channels. So guess what? This system also automatically can syndicate your guest profiles and the segments that are automatically being created and, and, and that you manually create as well out to... Facebook ads to Google ads to channels that you're doing advertising. So any kind of any any place that you have some kind of targeted list like Facebook, you can automatically send out that segment without having to do them, you know, manual export and manual import. It does it automatically and then you can target them on your on your other advertising campaigns. I'm particularly excited to see how this works with our display advertising. Yeah, exactly. Something that we haven't had too much success with in the past. I think this could really revamp that system. Right, because it makes remarketing, you know, rather than just oh this person came to my site, but now it's like this person who's interacted with my emails and not only interacted with my site, but saw this rate on these dates, I can now target them individually mm -hmm. with a display ad that's personalized to them. It's amazing. I'm super excited. Can you well, tell? Just think about from a uh, cost per click perspective. Mm -hmm. You're willing to pay a lot more for the guy who's interacted with like four or five different mediums. 
to connect with you versus the person who briefly went to your site and left. Absolutely. Retargeting, you'd get that guy and you're paying the same CPM or CPC that you would. But the person who visits the website, you know, checks out your Facebook page, does this, 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 and this, how much is that guy worth to you on a per-click basis? Oh, I'm willing to pay a lot more for that click, but that's still significantly less than an OTA commission. Um, I'll take it yeah. all day. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I, I really feel like this this product is one. I mean, I'm really proud of all the products we have, but this mm -hmm. is one that, you know, because it's it's really doing a lot of the things we've dreamed about for a long time in, in terms of leveraging technology that, that is, is really just now available. You know, the artificial machine. Well, yeah, because people can't stuff. do it. Right. I mean, it's it's too smart for people. And this is the future. Right? I, I, I'm going to the OPMA conference in a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm sitting on a panel, and we're talking about the future technology, and Buckle Up's going to be a, a, a crazy ride, and we're, we're talking a lot about AI and, and how it's going to be applied. And, and we've talked before on the show about Google Duplex and how cool mm -hmm. that looked, right, when they were doing the conversational mm -hmm. stuff. But it's still, AI is, is still this kind of, out there thing that's it's not that tangible to a lot of people but it, it really now it's becoming tangible because it's getting integrated into everyday products like our new fuel mail product where it makes you a smarter marketer it takes the power of artificial intelligence to make big data small in a way that you can now make actionable decisions and actually apply it to your marketing efforts in a way that yields a better ROI, cuts your costs, and makes you look like a much more effective marketer to your boss as well. So, yeah, super really exciting. exciting. It is. And it, it's weird because we don't, I feel bad because we don't usually plug stuff like this on the show. You know, the show tries to be very organic and, and helpful, but I'm so passionate about this product and it was really relevant to the, the subject matter today, this Revenate study. Um, Everyone should be doing email, whether you're using FuelMail's product, whether you're using Revenate or ZDirect or any of the other myriad of products out there, doing it the right way is really, really important. I, we've said for a long time, it's the most effective form of marketing you can do. So you need to do it the right way. If you're interested in learning more about the FuelMail product, then give us a shout, info at fueltravel.com. We'd love to help you. We're rolling out beta clients um, at the beginning of November. We'll be opening up to new clients in December. So if you're interested in jumping on and signing up, we're going to have a waiting list. So the sooner you email us, the better. Info at Fuel Travel. It's not a physical waiting list. No, it, you don't you have, have to wait to, outside our office. No, you do. Okay. You have to come and, and to Myrtle Beach, line up outside, and we'll get to you in turn. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Bring a tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining today. Hey, Pete, you want to pitch the live show one more time before we leave? Yeah. But wait, there's more. The 100th episode is coming up on Friday, November 30th. Hey, that's my dad's birthday. Earl's. No, not Earl. <laughs> Eddie. Keith. Keith. Keith Frank. <laughs> Good old Keith. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Keith needs to turn, tune in at 1.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Give because, or take. Give or, give or take. But both on, on Facebook and on, on YouTube, we'll have you know the live video. But you need to send in questions in advance. You can absolutely ask questions during the event but if you want us to kind of dig a little bit deeper and give <laughs> you, you want know, us to give good answers <laughs> better answers you know i think we'll give good answers off the cuff but you know, if you have a question that might need a little bit of research that is what this episode is all about so let us know in advance either on twitter via our fuel email address at info at fuel travel let us know in advance we'll do the research and it's basically like getting a free consulting gig and if you just want to see what our ugly mugs look like you can come and tune in yes yeah speak for yourself what they're, what they're gonna find out and be most surprising is, is you have gray hair no i'm not 54 <laughs> let's get this out there right now i am not 54 i am a young 41 year old you're a wee young buck yeah yeah so we're, i mean we're really looking forward to that so we've yeah. got two one more episode before that so this yep. is 98 we're gonna do episode 99 which i think pete you're gonna work yes. on that that episode and then, yeah, November 30th will be episode 100. And I will say this too. I, we mentioned this last week, Melissa. I didn't think we'd get this far. Like I, I, I really I, didn't. You know, I didn't know how successful the Fuel podcast was going to be. This month, October, and we, we've still got four or five days left in the month. This is our record month for downloads. Wow. We have more, more streams this month than any other in the history of the podcast. And it's just growing and growing every month. And we're excited. We, we appreciate the support. 
If you want to support us even more, we would love to get a review from, from you on whatever you use to, to listen to the podcast. Or I, send us wine and beer. Yeah. Or if you just we have, have feedback. Um, we also love feedback in general. Like a lot of folks will email us and just say, we really like the, the cheekiness of the podcast or the you know informal tone or you know whatever it is. Just let us know what you think because that encourages us to keep going. We'd love to get to 200, but we're only going to do that if there's a demand for it and if people really are getting value out of it. So drop us a line. You can do that, info at fueltravel.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Fuel Travel. If you want to hit us up individually, Pete, where can they find you? I'm at P DeMaio, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. Melissa. I'm at M-A Cavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Phil. You can find me at P Fariska, P F O R I S K A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. You can also find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, get the notes to this episode at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 98. You'll get the link there to the Revenate study that we talked about today. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <music>